and we're live. Well, Jacob, welcome to The Real Talk. Yeah, thanks, Rob. It's good to be here. Yeah, how's it feel being back at uh, the exhibition here at Del Mar 2022, Del Mar Electronic Manufacturing Show? First time at Del Mar, but it feels good to be back at shows in general. I've only had two this year, but what, for the past two or three years, all of us have had none. Yeah, so tell me a little about yourself. What, what do you do? What's your, what's your, what company are you with, or yeah. what is your process moving yeah, forward? Yeah. yeah, so Jacob Sanchez, um, I'm an application engineer at Edgewater Automation. Mm-hmm. We're out of um, Southwest Michigan, so St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a facility there, a facility in uh, South Carolina, um, but I actually grew up and was born and raised in Cali, uh, Sacramento oh, really? area. Okay. Um, that's where I got my buzz for automation uh, manufacturing is where I got started like in the CNC machining mm-hmm. world so throwing chips um, and I've actually made a journey from California to Texas I was in Texas for a year Texas to Michigan is how I got there people are always wondering how did you end up here I got asked that so many times when I moved there <laughs> well overall I mean so for on your side are you more you know the app based about systems what are you doing CC side programmer what are you doing there so application engineer basically the customer comes to us and says mm-hmm. hey we we need to make this product in X amount of time and we need this many per month. Mm-hmm. And so from that, I concept a system that is basically, if it's a ground up system, it's never existed on this planet until I come up with the CAD design. Mm-hmm. I quote all the products that it takes to make theirs assembly wise. Mm-hmm. And then I do a CAD model of it, do a simulation, show it to the customer, price point it. And if they like it, they accept it. And then our guys out on the floor, we have engineering department, <laughs> makes uh, some changes to my rough design Ooh. to actually make it more possible. And then our guys out on the floor make it. We make sure that it can run their product and then gets installed in uh, their factory. Oh, wow. Okay. So go through the whole process. So you're very, I would say, well-versed in the CNC and process side. So do you do the, I mean, the, the drawings on the, uh, the software side too? Do you work on any of the software side or no? No. So okay. based, so I only do the, the CAD the, for the systems that I'm okay. concepting. All right. And then those systems do everything, though, from pharmaceutical automation um, automotive automation, medical, mm-hmm. food and beverage stuff. Okay. So our company does it all. Oh, wow. And so I have, to, <laughs> I have to know a lot of technology that's out in the industry to know when to use this and when not to use that. You know right. what I mean? To offer the solution to the customer. Yeah, that best fits them. There's, mm. not, there's no one hole for every single problem that's out there. There's just not. So how do you feel being here? How's everything going on for the show for you today? This is or it. yesterday when it started. This is interesting. I've never been to electronic show before. When, mm-hmm. I, when I go out to my expos, I don't really type into Google electronic shows near me. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? But it's been interesting. There was a company out here that um, with PCB boards, right? They have all the gold and mm-hmm. stuff in it. And I've never thought about what happens to that when we need to recycle that stuff. And so there's actually a company here today, that beautiful booth. And they were teaching you, like, how they recycle out of these things. Recycle, and how much- reuse the materials and the metals, the and precious I, metals that are out of it. And know? I've never thought about that until I came here. And I was like, oh, I like the things that are in my phone, the things that are in my computer. I was like, that stuff, when I'm done with it, doesn't just go away. It actually yeah. gets reused. And that's just a cool thing to think about in our industry is that everything, nothing uh, grows out of the ground. Or, you know what I mean? Like, if something doesn't grow out of the ground, it gets manufactured. And upon that... 
things need to be reduced, reused, and recycled. So it's pretty interesting. That recycle business for materials, precious metals, process is huge business. I've never thought about it. It's a huge business because you got to look at all the compute and the legacy products that are out there. That go, and there's a lot of people who buy it and they yeah. reuse it. There's a lot. Of, I mean, it's a billion dollar industry. It's that people don't realize that. I mean, someone's garbage is someone's gold, <laughs> as you call it, right? Yeah. You know, we all, that's basically the saying, you know, and that come comes because people don't know what to, how to do with it. When say you have a company with a, you just get all new, say you have a big office, you replace 50 PCs, yeah. all new PCs. What happens with all those electronics? You know, yeah, they kill the hard drives, the process, mm-hmm. but what happens with PC boards or CPUs, the processors, what happens with those metals on the boards? Yep. So there's companies that come in and scrap them all, take the parts out, take the metals, reuse it, recycle the metals, process components, whatever needs to happen, and goes into that. You know, also there's a big repair market. There's mm-hmm. a big, there's so much of the supply chain, as you would say, in yeah. that process that it's, it, you can go down rabbit holes, but it, it's very interesting. You say, because you're right. Some people don't realize what happens with the garbage that we put out. I think trash. That yeah. that was it until I came here. And I was like, interesting. And it, it means something to, I feel like, distributors for those products when they first put them out. You know what I mean? Like when I'm quoting stuff, mm-hmm. I have to talk to SMC, Festo, mm-hmm. um, Kendall Electric, all this stuff to get the little components, components. that my guys will put together. Yeah. Um, and I feel like researching more of that recycle industry means something to them as well because they know that their products aren't just going to go away forever once I'm done with them. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's interesting. Yeah. So, that, I mean, that was one takeaway that you took from here. That's a great take. I mean, again, it's insight. You know, coming to the shows, it's like, look, listen, and learning to everything around yeah. you, right? Look, listen, and learn, understand, network, talk, what's happening. And you learn these things because these skills, these knowledge, and you can share with others, but also there's so much... Sometimes I say there's so much knowledge within everybody's mind here. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard to like pull it out of them, but it's just asking the questions and staying curious, just like you are. Yeah, it's, go- yeah. it's going up to them too. You see a lot of people that are at these trade shows, they're at their booths, yeah. and if they don't have the right vibe going on at the booth, you may not go up and talk to them. But what you just said is a great point. Everybody here has knowledge. They have something yeah. to teach you. And just because that they may not be presenting a way that may be appealing to you, that doesn't mean that they don't have something that you need. Yeah. So Everybody it, has a story. Yeah. You just need someone to tell it. <laughs> right? And that's, that's the, the thing that comes to be is like, that's what everything's changed. Since coming out of this pandemic, coming yeah. out of this two years, the digital world, digital presence, face, digitalization process, mm-hmm. like there is a new normal. And it's not sometimes you say just staying behind the booth. You have to yeah. be proactive. You be out there. You have to be leading and really networking with it because it's not all going to come to you. Yep. You know, um, I think the old ways, um, I mean, I may be a more new school person, but I'm thinking everything has to be proactive. Like that's why we have our team here. I told mm. everybody, everything's proactive. Talk to everybody. Go to all the booths. Network. Understand. Even though they're not your customer or prospect or not. They're just people, and we're all human, and we have to rehumanize that connection to be able to talk to them and really bring out what value, and because we all learn from each other. Yeah. There might be one thing that you can even teach me that I didn't know. I'm like, wow, I take away. My takeaway is like, wow, Jacob taught me this, or Jacob gave me this insight, that my perspective that I never thought about. Yeah. It all comes to perspective and value, and going into every conversation, going to every show, um, as I say, sometimes leaving your ego out the door and coming <laughs> in and having the humility of not under, not knowing everything, yeah. but wanting to learn. And that's how we, I mean, how we have to lead by example too. For me, it's, I have to lead by example for my team as well. It's, it's very well for the, again, you're the new generation in this industry coming in this industry in this process that really lead by that example. And I know you've been curious because you've been coming around asking <laughs> questions. That's how you learn. Yeah. And that's how you lead from it, too. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do. I, I think that I'm the only 
Gen Z content creator for our industry. I haven't got to meet anybody else yet. And so taking those steps and being a leader in this industry for my generation and those that are in front of us, the millennials and the, yeah. what is it, Gen X. X. And I'm an X. X. Yeah. I'm an <laughs> and, X. And making sure that we can start building a bridge to work together because we're going to start getting to a point where these larger generations that are in front of us are going to start getting to that retirement age. Yeah. And a lot of my generation may not be up for filling these roles. That doesn't mean that they're incompetent or not ready. It's just that they haven't learned about it. They haven't experienced it. And that's yeah. why I'm trying to create this content to get that to people. Well, you know you're, I mean? I mean, Gen Z millennials as well. Some, some, I would say gap of millennials yeah. were born into technology. Oh yeah. You know, see, I wasn't born in talk. I didn't get technology until I was a teenager. Nature and the beepers came and cell phones came. What's but a, you say a beeper? What's beepers, a, what's yeah. A beeper? you know, be, see, there we go. <laughs> There's the typical Gen Z. So what's a beeper? We used to have these pagers, like a, a pager that pages you, and that's we didn't have cell phones back then. So you would go to a phone or a pay phone or a house phone, and I can beep you to call me, and it will send a message to a little <laughs> a little device with an LCD on there. Give me the phone number, call you, and then that's basically what. And then you can send codes because you can create letters out of numerical codes, and you can say like you know nine one one or hello or what's going on, and that's what the beepers were <laughs> back in the eighties nineties. That's what it was before cell cellular was there. There was beepers. That's how doctors were beeped. You know, that's how doctors really were. I have a, always had beepers or called. Hey, I'm on call. I got a beep. I go back to the hospital or I have a patient. Yeah. So that's really where that came from. Right? <laughs> that's what it was. Sorry for the, the uh, detour, detour. I just needed to know what a beeper was. But it's a great question. But that, you saw brought up a great point is the generation's gaps are. And the boomers, even the X, some of the Xs, mm -hmm. and the millennials, not so much. They, it's not... They don't understand. It's even for recruiting to understand the new generations because they're hiring the generations. It's instead of telling them what to do, we have to sometimes go into their uh, ecosystems and their perspective and look from their perspective yeah. to understand where are we doing, how they because you're born with technology. You didn't know anything less. You don't know. You don't know is anything different. So instead of that's one thing that I've learned from leading a team as a younger team is mm -hmm. how instead of me having them come to me, I need to go to them and work in there because I need to lead them and understand how they look at things. Yeah. And it's hard, especially with the older generation, they, they sometimes resist to change. I, it worked in the old because they're very historical. You know, I remember back in the days where we did this, this worked. I, yeah. And that traditional... This always worked. We just, this kept, always we just kept doing it. So, you know, we have evolved in the last two years more than we did in the last 10 years. Yeah. Meaning like forward thinking, digitalization. Because we always had FaceTime or cameras. Digital, we, no one just never turned their camera on. But today, webinars, process, moving forward using digital aspects, home automation, everybody has smart tools. Yeah. And everybody was stuck at home for a couple of years and it forced them to be, have discomfort that discomfort created growth to evolve, to have comfort and to have these tools because of, and also have that security that it's like, you know, have the security to turn your camera on. Because you know how many meetings I had in the beginning of the pandemic? No one would turn oh. a camera on. Even because I was going to college at the time in yeah. 2020 when that hit yeah. and all of our classes got put online. And it was so, it was so tough to watch the teachers struggle with the students that yeah. silent mic, no camera. And it's just a blank screen, just blank screens, 30 blank screens. And you're trying to teach that. It's insane. And, you know, that's one thing when, you know, when salespeople, if you want to hear the salespeople that come approach mm -hmm. me, they want to have a Zoom call or a Teams mm -hmm. call or Google Meet and they don't turn on their camera. They're trying to pitch me. I'm like, so why do you want to do a call and don't turn your camera on? Yeah. That's the respect because it's not like I know the person. Sometimes I can't get, I know you. It's not a bit, but 
on that intro, it's respect. You, you look the part, dress the part, professional. Yeah. You know that. You know, the meeting's a meeting. A meeting's a meeting. You you have to be dressed to impress. Sometimes dress, just be professional. Show up there, and that's how even I told my staff, and you know, even from working from home for a couple of years, I'm like, mm -hmm. dude, doesn't matter. You just roll out of bed and jump on the camera. <laughs> Put yourself together because when you look good, you feel good. Yeah. You have the energy. You have the yeah, you don't have to be in a suit and tie. Just have your hair done, look good. You know, it's just because again, when you walk out, you know, of a house when you're well, you feel empowered, yeah. right? You feel like I got this, and the energy it gets contagious through that process. So that's how I. I mean, I try to tell my team, you know, we could be more casual, but. Be presentable. Yeah. It's a real psychological thing. Even yeah. when I go home and I work on my content creation stuff in my office, yeah. I make sure I'm still in work clothes because I have a yeah. nice button up yeah. or I'll have nice pants on. I'll throw a watch on. But it's just in my home office. And some of my buddies are like, why do you dress like that? Like, go throw sweats on. I was like, well, I want myself to know I'm still in a creating stage. Like, I have business to take care of. Even you're though you're I'm still on. You're still on. Yeah. I mean, that's how you look at it. You still turn on into that phase. But, yeah, yeah I mean, I, that, that the points you brought up with the generation, the gaps, it's a, it's a big <laughs> thing for me. And that's where I look at right now. There's some gaps that we need to fill. And instead of telling that, it's like we want to educate the, the, say, the X and the boomer generation yeah. about... The new generation, they need to be educated about how because they're recruiting this generation. Have you heard of the Have you heard of the skills gap? That term everybody throws around. Explain to the skills gap. Skill, skills gap, at least in my industry, mm -hmm. so manufacturing, right? Skills gap is something we like to talk about about the older generation that has all this. <laughs> it's called like black magic arts of how to machine, how to create, how to automate, mm -hmm. and they keep that internal, so they mm -hmm. have an edge, right? It's like well, an IP. They're starting to yeah, get they're yeah. starting to get older and older, yeah. and that information isn't getting passed down to the younger generation. And the schools aren't teaching industry level techniques for doing these jobs, so that creates this skills gap. Okay. And everybody likes to talk about. Uh, you just said the word filling for a second. At least in in my industry, everybody's like, "Oh, we need to close the gap. We need to close the gap. We need to do this." And I think I I always, this is just my opinion and. I think that we're looking at that the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And I think instead of trying to close this gap, we need to look at building a bridge across it. Yeah. I feel like building a bridge bridging from, the gap, bridging, bridging, the, bridging gap. the gap instead of closing the yeah, gap, because that just seems more possible for us to be able to work together exactly. on each side. Exactly. And I've never heard anybody say that. And so I've been telling people, let's, let's bridge the gap. Let's I 100% this. this should be bridging the gap. Um, and that IP, how I look at it, democratizing data democratizing the process and having a level playing field that we all are working and empowering and having a generation style leadership yeah. instead of a closed off. This is my IP. I'm going to take it to my grave. I don't want to share it because that's when you don't share it is when I don't think you limit yourself on growth. Yeah. You limit yourself on exposure. You limit yourself what, what you want to do. And sometimes I get that. I like, why do you, why are you so open to tell everybody what you're doing? And I'm like, well, because it's what they do with it. Mm -hmm. I can give them all the tricks, all the tools, everything. doesn't mean they're going to be able to, to... If they have success, fantastic. It quantifies like what I'm doing is right. Yep. That's exactly what it is. But that's the point is you can get anything from anywhere. You can go on YouTube and learn anything. You can get a full education on YouTube if you want. Mm -hmm. The internet has given us so much, sometimes TMI, too much information. <laughs> but we can learn any skill. But the challenge sometimes is that that knowledge that is from a lot of the wisdom, generational wisdom, is not being... I was saying it, it's being held in and not, mm -hmm. that bridge is not being built 
to be able to give to generations like yourself. What do I do? How do we do this? How do we and empower the new, the, new, um, the new innovators in this world? They're scared of that utilization. And I also think on a more personal level for yeah. them, it may be a form of intimacy that they're not ready to open themselves up to because you're kind of opening yourself up when I'm telling when if I tell you my opinion that's a piece of me that's a part of me that you can judge and I don't feel like people are comfortable with that even when it comes to their knowledge I agree that that judgment because he's having the humility it's getting over that and having the humility to not because I appreciate your opinion I respect your opinion do I agree with it maybe I not but yeah your right to have your own opinion. And I, it's fine. And you have my opinion. We And we understand both sides. Maybe we can bridge the gap and meet at some point yep. where this makes sense and we quantify that. But overall, that's how humans should be communicating. And what, what you just said, it's, it's the difference between having a discussion and having an argument. People feel like if I have to give you my opinion, oh, we're arguing. Yeah. No, we're having a discussion. That doesn't well, mean it's we like, have are you asking or are you telling? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. That comes at the end of the day. Are you yeah. asking me or are you telling me? So that that two parts it comes to that, but uh, but great. Well, it's great having you on here on Real Talk, Jacob. I mean, you are the new generation coming into this industry from all electronics and processing. And, and you know, I tried to be wrong. again, you know. But <laughs> the the thing is, you can tell by your your mindset, process, articulation that you know the future is bright. You have a lot of information. The new generation is smart. They're intuitive, and it's just how do we also help generate and lift all you guys everybody coming in they're already smarter than me rob you need if you don't know about um first robotics yet um that's a kids that are from they do lego league they do ftc and frc these are kids that are from eight years old to 17 from the engineering side that are building these autonomous robots some of them are autonomous and they are already wicked smarter than me. I go to the competitions to judge, but I learn so much when I go there. It's unbelievable. Huh? It's, it's unbelievable. The new generation. That's why the future is bright. What have you been calling this? The uh, You've been calling this the Roaring Twenties? The Roaring Twenties. I haven't yeah. heard anybody say that yet, and I totally agree with you. Yeah, the Roaring Twenties. Because, you know, the 1920s were the Roaring Twenties. That was it. Now we got 100 years later. Yep. It's the Roaring Twenties again. And it's funny. People don't, but it is happening. Yep. And it's it's fascinating. The future is bright. A lot of optimism. It's just moving forward. Forward. There's going to be trials, tribulations, bumps and bruises that we're going to go through, but change is good. Disruption is good. And that's what the future is for the humanity and life is to do that through process. Yeah. So it's great. Well, very well. Thank, thank you, Jake. I really appreciate coming on. Thanks really, for th- doing th- what th- you do, Rob. No problem. Thank you.